Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. If you're watching on War Chant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe as we get underway here. Let's get moving, everybody. Let's do it. Welcome on in. Come on. This is how many days away? Not that many, right? Here we go. 46 days to the start of college football. That's it, 46, so we're damn near in the 30s, and we can forget about it. Time flies. Something magical happens when you get within 30-something days to football. All the things you thought you were going to do, suddenly you feel that pressing upon you. It's brutal. You think, oh, man, I don't have time. I don't have enough time. Coaches feel that way, too. 55 days until Florida State kicks it off. A little bit different. Feels like you can breathe a little bit when it comes to Florida State. But, lest we forget, my favorite player in Florida State history – Marvin Jones was number 55, so it's an easy selection for the uh, Jersey Day comparison and who we're picking. It's Shade Tree all day, every day. For those that don't know, maybe you're younger and you don't realize why it is Marvin Jones is talked about the way he is in the annals of football uh, history at Florida State. There haven't been too many guys that belong in the same sentence as Marvin Jones. But Marvin Jones uh, finished fourth in the Heisman vote as a linebacker in 1992. That's how good Marvin Jones was. I was in school while Marvin was here, and I got to go watch that guy play. And you guys all remember the shirts. Try keeping up with the Joneses. I had that shirt. I kept that shirt, Tom Lang, until I was probably 40. And then the threads, just like, we can't can't do it anymore. I had that sucker. It was it was gonna go into it was going to go into a museum of sorts, uh, but it, it finally broke apart. I wore it too much. I wore it all the time. I wore it to every game that year. Well, it's because you wore it too much. There are, there are a lot of shirts or things that we keep that we don't ever use. They just sit there. Mm. But you put it to use. No, I did. That's what it was for. He was my guy, man. Um, Three hundred and sixty nine tackles between ninety and ninety two. 369 tackles. He was a monster. Um, Top 10 all time for Florida State uh, as far as that goes. Uh, He had more than 100 tackles in each of his three seasons. So, again, you could just pencil him in as a guy that was going to be on, you know, Marma Jones on the play. Uh, That's pretty much what you heard over and over. (laughs) I told you last year at Clark's Middle School at Monford where he played football, they had a running back who was a do-all-everything and – I, I basically called them the fighting, whatever that kid's last name was. I can't remember now. He, um, <laughs> every time they made a play, it was that kid making a play on either side of the ball. And I Clark would get in the car and be like, can you help that poor kid out? Jesus, he's on every play. He carries the ball 38 times a game. He throws it, catches it, runs it. Then he's on the defensive side making every tackle. Somebody else has got to contribute, Clark. That was Marvin Jones, and he was on a loaded team. He was that good. He was everywhere all the time. Consensus All-American, both in 91 and 92. Just, he, you know, 
there's I mean, you know, he was a, a top ten pick, top five pick in the NFL draft. You can't go wrong with Marvin Jones. And it always gets me excited when I see a reason to talk about him. Well, there's a question for this season's team. How many All Americans could Florida State produce with this roster? Well, a lot of it has to do with uh, what you are in the system, and and yep. you know, uh, you know, Jordan Travis could be an All American, I suppose. Certainly, uh, one of those receivers, either Keon or Johnny, could be an All American. It's an uphill climb for Jordan to be an All American. It just feels like that this offense is going to be so balanced, it's tough for one I guy agree. to stand out. Yeah, I agree. Jared Verse probably is a top candidate to be an All-American. I think probably the best candidate to be an yeah. All-American. If Jared Verse is healthy, people project him, depending on which you know you want to look at, uh, as a top-ten pick. You know, I, Some people, as we saw last week when we were talking about it, some people had him as a top-five pick in the NFL draft. If he's healthy for every game this year and gets to benefit greatly from the strength in the interior and the continued development – of Patrick Payton on the other side, Jared could wreak havoc. He could have a year. That one-two punch could be uh, pretty evil on on third and obvious, second and long, you name it. That could be uh, a big day at the office for either of those two guys. But Jared versus obviously the candidate uh, to be the All-American there. Trey Benson could be, certainly. Uh, if you can get Benson 20 carries, 18 to 20 carries a game, yeah, man, he's a monster. He might well be an All-American even with only 15 carries if the touch counts in the mid to upper teens. Just because, again, this offense is so multifaceted that he's going to see, I would think, a lot of seven-man boxes. I mean, you can't – it used to be, not that long ago, in the preseason of last year, that what would you do to stop Florida State offensively? This is before we knew where Jordan Travis was going and, and where the offense would go. It was, well, I'm going to load the box and force Jordan Travis to beat me with his arm. Yeah. That plan, has, that's gone. With Johnny on one side, Keon Coleman, and Jaheim Bell, you can't do that anymore. Mm -mm. So Trey Benson and this offensive line are going to be in more advantageous situations this year than we've seen at Florida State in a long time. I was just on the uh, Chuck Oliver show, and he was talking about you know the the backfield and offense. And you know Florida State led the ACC in scoring last year. Okay, whatever. They also led the ACC in rushing. So that's a little bit different deal. And so people might not figure that out. They would have figured the scoring because of all the. Uh, touchdowns with Jordan Travis and you know what we saw from this receiving quarter last year, the big plays and all of that. But it's really the fact that they can line up and run the ball. And I think it's who they want to be. They want to run the ball. And you know it's going to be fascinating to watch each of the game plans for every one of these games. Like, what's the game plan against LSU? Is it the same as it was a year ago? You know, what was amazing about a year ago is from the jump, and how many times did this happen, Tom? It did. It happened a lot. And we would always kind of look at each other or text each other if we weren't around. The Clemson game stands out in this way. We thought, all right, you can't block that group. You got NFL defensive linemen. You got kids that are going the first two rounds all over that defense. Probably got to throw it to open it up and run it to be able to be able to run the ball. You're going to have to throw it a lot early and then go from there. Florida State did the opposite. To For what Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins came up with, they saw something on tape. And, they, and this is where I praise them all the time about game plans. I trust them. No, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to have success running the ball. And that's just the way it's going to be. And that's exactly what they did. And they did that to a lot of people when we didn't think that they could. They, they were successful running the ball against LSU, too. No, they were. Uh, they dominated both lines of scrimmage in that game in a way that was alarming. And it changed immediately it changed what you thought was possible yes. in, in four quarters. Because if you look at the balance of the game, not the finish of the game, Florida State was the winner in the trenches against an SEC opponent 
that would go on to win the West. Right. It's just crazy. And and that's where I think the basis for a lot of these leaps in expectations begins. Is in moments like that where the offensive line did dominate. And I think they can do a better job of that this year. I think they're better. Oh, yeah. One through seven. Uh, I do too. They're better than they were last year. The thing about what they do is, okay, so you say that they want to run a gap scheme. They want to run counter. All right, that looks on a grease board to be like the same play over and over again. But the brilliance of what they do on the ground is they will run the same scheme five different ways. Yes, they do. And they then they've, got, different looks. they've yeah. got three plays off of it. They can run out of six or seven different formations. But the concept is the same, and the foundation is so strong. The teaching points in practice is so strong yeah. that the guys know what to do. Even if you play a different defense, you've got a 3-3-5 versus four down linemen, whatever. They know their rules. They know how they're coached. It reminds me of a really well-coached option team. I'm talking straight Army or Navy. Yeah, they, Everybody they run it out of a lot. It. Yeah, and they create extra gaps, and they do all that. Yeah, But that's one book within the playbook. Then there's also outside zone, which they got a hell of a lot better at, and I think they're going to be able to run between the tackles this year too. Just run power? Just line up and run power? Remember, stop the dive against Malzahn and offenses like that. Guys, you got to stop the dive on first yeah. down because then they get going, they get their tempo going. They got going. four on first, you're in trouble. I think they can do that this year. I think this group can do that this year. Dave Doherty, I'm looking at you in the chat. Good job, buddy. You know we like to find the smallest number to make ourselves feel better about the joy that is the beginning of college football, and you've done it. Eight libations Fridays away. Wow. Fewer than that if we're just counting the start of college football. Not Florida State football, but college football. Holy moly. It's only a handful before – no, sorry. It's only a trio before camp or so. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a weird busy time. Soon uh, we'll have to kind of unveil all of our schedules and what's happening and what we're doing. Boy, I've seen somebody's itinerary. Oh, my goodness. Of weeks. How about that, huh? Wow. I was, <laughs> I was privy. Everybody's going to learn about it soon, but I yeah. – sir – Somebody's going to be busy, and it ain't me. Yeah, but it's a good kind of busy, buddy. <laughs> it's a good kind of busy. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, very busy, but in a good way. And, you know, soon enough, also, we, we'll all be busy headed up to Charlotte Yep. Uh, and, and making our way up there and covering that event. Really look forward to that. Always had uh, – already had a few inquiries from other outlets, and we were talking about, uh, you know, getting together on Radio Row, kind of, you know – Back on Radio Row. Yeah, reaching out, shaking hands, kissing babies, talking college football with those that cover it throughout the conference. Should be fun. We'll talk to coaches and players. We'll have a good time. We'll talk to Mike Norvell, obviously. He'll be in that uh, relaxed way that he is at the ACC kickoff, but he'll also be noticeably ready to go because it's time. I mean, it's time. You almost feel like it's time right now. You want as much time as possible before you play a game like this one, the magnitude of LSU. Well, and he's going to be the bell of the ball this year. And that has not been the case for Mike Norvell of Florida State. It was about you know, how quickly can he turn it around? How fractured are things down there? How much do you need to fix? Oh, yeah. What was it like coming off of the COVID season, Coach? What are the difficulties associated with that and not being able to establish yourself in a footprint recruiting-wise? And then overnight, from last ACC kickoff, where there are three or four coaches that were given a hell of a lot more attention than Mike Norvell, Florida State is a co-favorite, essentially, betting mm -hmm. favorite in the mm -hmm. ACC. It's going to be a completely different experience for him because those breakout rooms are going to be a hell of a lot more full when he speaks at the dais. And then we need to keep people away from him on Radio Row so we can get the real story of what's going on with him. Because I like how the coaches tend to open up to you over the years. They do. They take. Uh, it takes a little while, but over time they do. We get into a conversational mode, and it's a lot of fun. That's 
Really? Because well, you can break past the procedural questions. We, we know the breakout room, the, the TV dais, and all the other stuff. Yeah. He'll right. answer yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about let's something just, real. Yeah, let's talk. How you feeling these days, buddy? Well, Mike uh, is regimented, so he's always the same. He's in good shape. He's well-rested. He eats well. He works out. He's locked in on football all the time. You know, so he's – I don't think that's going to change. It'll be noticeable the day that it does. A little punch on Norvell, huh? How about that? Like, we haven't seen that, right? So so when we went 0-4, I said, could you put some weight on? Could I see the stress, please? <laughs> Sir, how are you still in immaculate physical condition? We haven't won a football game. You should be spending more time in the office. It always goes one of two ways. You're either going to get uh, heavy because you're right. uh, eating your feelings <laughs> and frustrations, and or you're going to be a madman in the gym in order to exercise the demons, right? Uh, that's kind of how that goes, one of two ways uh, typically. By the way, really quick, last night in the draft, uh, it's not hard to see how LSU and Florida and Wake Forest and others uh, had really good years. But my beloved Pittsburgh Pirates did the right thing. They usually do the wrong thing. They usually trade this pick away for other assets or more picks down the line. Did you see they got Paul Skeens from LSU? Kid will be in the majors in a little over a year. All right. How about two months? Uh, well, Call him on uh, might as well. In the old 12-2 and two with a 1-6, yeah, maybe. Throws four pitches for strikes. He's huge. Works hard. Yes, let's go. He'll be starting Friday. <laughs> he could. He could. Uh, so, anyhow, he's uh, he goes – one, Dylan Cruz of LSU goes two. They have the one-two, so you have the number one player in the field uh, and you have the best pitcher in the country. That's a wonderful combo. Must be a big pot to draw from there for their baseball NIL. Sizable pot in Baton Rouge for their uh, baseball NIL. Fourth player overall was uh, Wyatt Langford, who went to the Rangers. Of course, he starred at Florida where, you know, he just hit 373 with 21 bombs and an OPS of over 1,200. That's all. Yeah, the Mets took a Gator pitcher at 56 or whatever, somewhere in that ballpark. You had to be like, good. They're all good. Well, They're all good always. They took him 70th last year. He only improved by <laughs> a hand. And same team, just a few picks earlier, but that tells you that NIL presence is a real thing in baseball. Mm -hmm. It went back for another year. Eh, worst case, I I'm get drafted by right. The same team, 15 spots higher. Maybe that's a little bit more slot money, but it doesn't cost you money to go back anymore if you're operating at some of these programs. It doesn't cost you a whole lot of money at all. In fact, I was listening to MLB Network Radio the other day, and there are lifers in the minor leagues that say, you know what, you should spend more time in college because if you're good, you're going to get paid. And when you go on the road, you go to all the nice hotels. Yes. All your food is taken yes, care of. Yes, it's a lot better than it's playing. It's a better life than minor league baseball in your late teens. That's changed. I will say, and we've learned a lot here, only one high school pitcher went in the first round of the first 28 picks. That is uh, a trend that follows uh, the other trends where pitchers and catchers coming out of high school no longer really get drafted in the first round. They go to college. They, they go to college because they're viewed as too big a risk, it, the distance between when they'll be in the majors, when they get to you, and where they are now, it's too great. You know, I, I can't, Countless times we watch teams take a pitcher out of high school back in the day to Tommy John's later, and they're a you know, cautionary tale of why you don't take pitchers that are 17 years old. You know, I mean, it's a long trek to get back up there. But you're seeing it more. The college game has gotten better, and you know, it, it's evident in the draft when four of the first it five has? players are all college. Yeah, it, it's it's gotten better in this uh, amongst the best teams, amongst the best teams. We're not amongst those teams. Right, right. We're not even close. We just get our head kicked in by those teams. Stadium got a little bit better. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if that gets better. We'll see if that gets better. Hey, uh, thanks for the kind responses to you guys out there with the Chip uh, Baker interview. I ran into Chip. 
uh, as I thought I might on that Friday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we took a, a little photo together and had a few uh, pops at uh, at Gordo's, and uh, it was a good time. Chip Baker celebrating his retirement, and he was the uh, talk of the room there. It was nice. Did you have the chorizo sliders? I did not. Oh, I didn't eat while I was there. That is my new obsession in town. Those things are so good. They're delicious. They are. That's an advertisement right there. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh, make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. It's Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. We will have, uh, Tom alluded to it, we'll have some uh, information for you regarding um, what the what, what next week looks like. What next week looks like is very different from this week. This week is standard. I'll be here. Some of the headlines will run tomorrow. We're all good to go with what we've got for this week. Friday being the lone exception. I've got to go out of town on business Friday, and so we may end up recording some stuff Thursday night together, Tom. But uh, that's the lone day that's different this week. Now, next week, next week is very different. It's mostly best of, I can tell you that right now, with some fresh stuff where we can get it in within those best ofs at yeah. the start of each hour. Yep. We're hoping. that That is the hope, and I'll explain that. It'll make a lot more cool kind of sense yeah shortly yeah yeah but can't talk about that just yet probably later in the week maybe wednesday and lay it out there for you and then of course like we just said the week after that we will be live but we'll be in uh, charlotte for the first part of the week yeah uh we come back from charlotte on thursday uh that may be a travel day but uh so that that's that's that thursday correct and then that tuesday and wednesday you might not have a full video they're they're trying to put the kibosh on the video are in they Charlotte. really yeah from radio row why i don't know there's no real good reason hashtag acc logic. yeah there would be no good reason to do that whatsoever you want more publicity more exposure not less yeah. publicity less maybe exposure. they're concerned about the bandwidth exposure okay <laughs> 
what are we doing here, everybody? As for who we'll have from the ACC, we'll have to see once we get there. I see Noel Dad, you asked if we'd have somebody like Mark Richt on. I've had Mark Richt on numerous times, but uh, we'll see. Uh, if he's there, you know, then uh, perhaps we'll have Mark Richt on. I don't know. Usually a lot of the talent style, because he's not a coach anymore. When it was coach, it's basically you, you submit your requests and you get them or you don't. But the talent side, it could be Coach Rick, it could be somebody on Sirius XM, it could be whoever. If they're if they're feeling it, they'll hop on. If they're not, they're gonna go to the buffet line. Yeah, they're gonna they're, <laughs> they'll go to the buffet line. Is right. Uh, I did see. Now this is nothing to get up in arms about, but it's back to college football for just a second here. I did uh, look over at uh, old college football news, and I and I I like to go to all the sites that cover college football in the off season just to see what they're talking about, what they're looking at. Sometimes you'll stumble across across a really good article, or some sort of insight, uh, rules changes, things like that. Just I mean, we're in the weeds in the summertime, especially during All Star Week and Home Run Derby Week and all that. You realize like, oh. Well, just, we're almost there, kids. We've almost made it to the other side. The other side's the end of July. Basically, that's that's when you've made it to the other side. You're done previewing college football. You're talking about the actual on-the-ground events. Also, the Derby has gotten better than the game itself. Just just saying. So tonight's the night to watch. The game used to be so good. Yeah. It used to, I mean, they cared. It played. And now it's like, all right, everybody gets an inning. Yeah. We don't even wear our uniforms anymore. We wear the, the Seattle. It'll be the Seattle-style uniforms on the field tomorrow. It's goofy. Uh, they predicted, did CFN, that Clemson would go, uh, what, I think prior to the spring, they had, at spring they had them 9-3, and three. after them they have them 10-2. and two. They have them uh, win totals. They haven't beaten FSU uh, down there. So they'll lose two games, but one of them's not to us? I know, it's weird, right? Are they picking Mac Brown in North Carolina to beat Clemson in November? They have them losing to South Carolina on the road, and Ooh. then I didn't see where the other loss was. But they they did have. I'm like, eh, well, I don't know about that, guys. If the South Carolina game was in September, I might be inclined to agree with you. But you're saying that Klubnik has a full season under his belt. That's a tough sell. Yeah, and that is the big question because they're good pretty much everywhere else, and they have uh, them beating Florida State. He ended up uh, going. Let's see, the loss was at Miami. No chance. What? Yeah. Not oh not going that route at all. Not going that route at all. Crackpipe.com slash college football. It was uh, – and Futech does a good job for them, but uh, I was like, ooh, man, I really? So we're going to get that big Miami turnaround we've all been waiting on for 30 years. <laughs> it's 20 years, but yeah, well, a little over. It was still AOL. It was AOL's world. I, again – I keep thinking over and over again about the importance of that LSU game. It's not lost on anybody. It's redundant. We have hammered this thing home. But if you can win that game, not only is it the first game of the season that if you win it and you exhale, you really do exhale because it does not matter what happens in week four. It matters to you emotionally. It matters to you in terms of what the – nation is going to talk about regarding Florida State and how they're covered. But it really is an irrelevant game. The get-out-of-jail-free card you get for beating LSU is massive. It's not just like, oh, well, maybe this buys you time. No, you are set. Unless you stumble along the way to teams we're not predicting you lose to, teams that you're favored over significantly. 
you know, you can lose that game, and everybody knows it's just a precursor to round two. Yeah, well, the talking point that week, if you're 3-0 and going up to Clemson, would be keep the card in the safe de- uh, safety deposit box, and that's it. You don't want to spend it this week, so that way you just have it into October. And if you have it into October, you're going to have it into November. And if you have it in November, you're gonna you get on the other side of Miami, yeah, and it yeah. pre- it pretty much is all right. You don't even have to say that they're here. This is gonna be an ass stomping. They're gonna take another beating. Well, after that, it's North Alabama and Florida. So at that point, you pretty much just have the card. It's good to go. I have more concerns about playing Florida at Florida than I do Miami here. Certainly, that's an interesting one. I'm not sure about that personally because. Miami has the better quarterback. He was hurt last year. He didn't play well, yeah. And Florida's roster purge, season over season, is significant, and they didn't exactly play good defense with a bunch of NFL defenders. They didn't play consistent offense with a top-five pick. So I just I don't know where the replenishment is coming from for Florida, whereas Miami, I do think, has more skill. But then again, it's Miami in November, and they don't like that month at all in Miami. No, uh, I, I just think that they'll be – Florida will be – from an athlete standpoint, from a size standpoint in the trenches, from the overall recruiting from prior to, you know, what we've talked about the last year. They've got they've got guys. They've had some guys. When you look at them on the hoof, when you look at them, the way we looked at them when they came in here, you could see like they should be better. You're right. That's a criticism. But that's a fair criticism. Only if you also note it was year one. I mean, okay, so you know, lots of programs are in disarray in year one when the guy comes in. Sure. I'm it's just Perhaps if Mertz has proven well, he's to terrible. be he's terrible, terrible as he is, and they find a young kid that they yeah. rally around, well, they, that, that's you're I right. Might be more fearful, but if it's Van Dyke and Mertz, man, I, I'm more worried about the Van Dyke matchup. The Van Dyke who plays and plays well is a is a different animal. He was uh, at times two years ago a player that you thought, "Ooh, this could be a problem." He's got all the throws, and he's you know. But we beat but we're that, and, yes. and we beat that version of yeah, Van Dyke as oh. well. And I mean, if you're looking at points of concern beyond, if you took away the rivalry element of those games, it's LSU followed by Clemson followed by Pitt to me for concern. Now you add the rivalry in, and maybe Miami or Florida sneaks into that group. But if you're just looking at placement on the schedule, difficulty of the roster you're facing, it's LSU then Clemson then Pitt probably are your three. Yeah, I think that's probably right. It's um, for <laughs> the schedule's easy. We just you you really when it you is. start when you start playing this game, do you really what you realize, should do. Yeah, that's I, another I, reason I, why I I'm a playoffs or bust guy. Yeah, you know, if this was two years from now schedule and you're going to play Alabama and Florida and Notre Dame, I mean, there is that one schedule that's coming up pretty soon. Assuming the SEC will still field those types of matchups if they don't go to nine conference games, where you go, good God, Florida State, that's that's a little much. But this is not that year. No. P. Simpson, Jeff, the Virginia Tech SID's name is Chris Helms. Interview him just for the hell of it. We should. We we absolutely should. And I saw that you noted earlier in the chat, I, I just got back to it, when is it nut-cutting time for the Daryl Jackson waiver from P. Simpson? If there's a deadline date, could we see a War Chant 24-hour live stream leading up to it? Election night-style coverage? I have not pinpointed a nut-cutting day for whether or not Daryl Jackson has his waiver. Florida State has it in hand, knowing we're good to go. 
I would think by the time practice starts is probably the date. You just need him to be able to start practice on time and be ready to go. Well, he can, even if the waiver said no for this year. He could practice with us. So if it's in limbo, I know this makes everybody uncomfortable. It's the Monday of LSU week. That's not cutting time because you need to get your reps in with the ones and the twos the proper way as you prepare for LSU. But you could, in theory, just rotate your top four defensive tackles for the entirety of camp not knowing what's coming because he can practice with you. This isn't like Dimitri where Dimitri had to sit and wait. It's different. I would like it long before the week of the game, partly because I want the guys who are going to be playing the lion's share of the reps to be getting the most valuable snaps in practice with the starters. The sooner you know that, the better you are and the better that you can schedule out their days, their reps, proper rest, the good-on-good moments, you know, when to dial back, when to really engage, to get them right for game day. The longer it goes on, the more in limbo you are with how to schedule that and how to get which player, which amount, whom do you have get these reps on this day, not knowing this very important piece of information. You know, it, it gets more difficult. Um, yeah, you want to rep them. You got to get them ready. You, you want them in game shape. You want them to be ready to go and get after it day one. This is a big-time matchup against big kids in the trenches. He's going to want to have real quality reps. But do I take those reps away from a guy who's going to be filling his role because we don't have the damn waiver yet? I mean, that that's problematic. It's a tough question, but I think if the situation was akin to last year's where Fabian Lovett's the only guy you trust, right. and that's Daryl Jackson, yeah, that's well, a bigger problem. But sure. If you're going to average 30 to 45 reps a game if you're one of the top four defensive tackles for Florida State, that means your rotation doesn't have to change much from camp. It, it's not as drastic, the drop-off from one to the next. So I think you're insulated a little bit because you have that much more depth. But we'll see. We'll see how they handle it. Hopefully they never have to worry about it because Coach Norvell gets to tell everybody at ACC kickoff or sooner that it came through. Man, we need to find that out. With the, Now I'm getting nervous. Now you guys have made me nervous. Now I'm sitting around driving around the rest of Tallahassee today after 3 o'clock going, damn it, while I'm running errands. I want to know. That dude's a huge part of what Florida State would need to take the extra step forward of being a college football playoff team and a contender once they're there. He's a monster. Now, I'm making a lot of assumptions, and I want everybody to know that here because I get that if you watched college football closely and you said, well, Jeff, you know, he was at Maryland and whatever, and then he was at Miami, and he was good, but he wasn't a game changer. He didn't dominate the line of scrimmage. Oh, that was not a good team. It was not a good defense. They didn't play with a lot of heart. Uh, they were broken down there in Miami, so he was part of a, a brokenness that's hard to overcome for a single individual. That's all true, but you're right. In two years of college football, he hasn't been this transformational player that I describe him as, and I understand why you would push back on that and say, well, maybe he is, but we have never seen him be that in the college game. Well, I'm just telling you that I'm counting on several factors, the first of which is something that we can all see for ourselves regardless of the level he's played at up to now, and that is nobody else on this defensive line looks like that, and nobody else when they've decided – that they want to win that rep, dominates that rep the way that he does. Now, we got guys who can do it and guys who play really well and guys that are plus players and guys that will get drafted and guys that you love on this defensive line. But when Daryl decides I've had enough or I'm angry or this is just pissing me off because I'm getting yelled at, he destroys people because he's a monster. So I need him to play like that all the time. 
Don't know that I can get him to do it. That's Odell's job. The other part of that is, if and I don't know this, but let me presume for a second that he doesn't love football. That he doesn't, he's good at football. He's always been told to play football. He was bigger and stronger than everybody else, and he dominated in football. But that's different than loving football. When you love football, you see it. You watch guys, you go out there, you're like, this guy just loves to play the game. He can't wait for the next rep. He can't wait for the next opportunity. He can't wait to kick your ass. This is what he lives for. Timmy Jernigan. That's correct. That guy, you watch that guy in practice, you're like, damn. I would hate to have to line up against up that every single day line up against that because I know he's never going to take a day off. He'd come in for garbage time reps in 2012 and then do the loco Ocho dance in a TV timeout. Right. You know, and Florida State's up 40 points. Duke's got their third string offensive line in, and and he just can't wait to destroy the kid across from him. And you think that's if I'm the center, that's an unlucky day. Like, oh great. Oh, there, so I got the try hard freshman here. That's awesome. And everybody knows. From any sport you ever played at any level, there's the guy that is ridiculous. The guy that just will not take a day or a play or a series off. Whatever it is. And you hate that guy and you love that guy. You love that guy because he's on your team and that's what's going to help win you games on Friday nights or Saturdays or Sundays or whatever it might be, right? You hate that guy because you're really tired and it's Wednesday and it's 97 and do we have to go like we're playing in the Super Bowl on every single rep? Kyle, do we have to do that? Are you going to cut me on this play two hours into practice? Do I have to worry about my knees out here today? We're teammates, dude. It's a walkthrough. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's all right, man. How about I grab you, you grab me, we tussle for a second, and then we're done. No! My life's on the line! It's crazy, right? That guy. Well, you love that guy, and you hate that guy. Well, Daryl's not that guy. <laughs> he is not that guy. And thank goodness for this offensive line that he's not. But, again, if you're trying to get him to that place where I describe him the way that I do, It's your arm around him and say, look, man, you don't have to love to play football. You can hate practice. You can hate it. You got one year to change your and your family's life. It's this year. This is the one. All those years where you just did it because they told you you should play. This is the year where it pays off. This is it. And moreover, it's September of this year. Make a splash in week one. Make a splash in week four. Right. And buddy, Those two games. you're on your you're way. You're paid. You're paid. You're paid. You go against upper crust NFL caliber talent in these two games. If you whoop ass in these two games, you're going to get drafted in the first two rounds. You're going to be a multimillionaire. That's it. That's all. I need you to do that. And when we play against Duke and Syracuse and Virginia Tech. I'll give Farmer the reps. And Io. I okay. <laughs> yeah, he needs to. It's okay. Right. He's at a different place in his career. Yeah, 15, 20 reps, you just right. kind of go out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have fun, first drive of each half. There you go. And then I'm going to give it to Io. So, you know, that that's what I'm hoping happens to go along with the waiver. If you get the waiver and you get the motivation, you got a player that can dominate college football and win these big games for you. He'll be a part of that anyhow. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good Monday, everybody. Good Monday. But I saw a score already. I was like, that's not right. That's not right. They're not playing baseball at this hour, are they? Could be. Braves go into the break 
as a team that uh, would you circle as the one to beat? I think so. Got to be. Power everywhere. They've lost four times in the last 50 games, it feels like, which is not that different from the reality. Set the first half uh, record for home runs, to your point. They led the league in runs and ERA. That's a problem. Did they sweep the Rays? No. They got beat 10-4 to 4 yesterday. Got their ass kicked. All right. So it was the first time they lost outside of the state of Ohio because only the Reds had beaten them since the middle of June. Took a whooping yesterday. Beat down. Didn't look like the two teams belonged in the same field. <laughs> uh, what I care most about in that regard is Acuna because I picked him to win the MVP before the season began, okay. and we talked about it on the air. I'm that, sure you got decent odds oh, for him. incredible odds. All he did was say if he's healthy, he's right. going to win it, which yeah. he hasn't been. So if he's healthy, he's going to win it. And he's on pace to do something that nobody's ever done, ever, which would be to steal 75-plus bases in a season in which he hits over 40 home runs. Nobody's ever come close to doing that. That's insane. What's also insane is the Marlins are playing 575 baseball, and nobody knows how. They're in second place. They have a better than 60% chance to make the playoffs, and they're not any good. They're not any good. What's funny is I think we played nine times in the first three weeks against the Marlins. Did you lose by one run every time? (laughs) Uh, A few times. They're 25-5 and in one-run games, Tom. Took two or three of them in the opening uh, series of the season, then it went downhill from there. But after I said, are they good? No. I think they might be good. They're not. They're not. Their best pitcher who won the Cy Young a year ago is getting pasted. They've they, got Lazardo, my man. They, <laughs> they're not good. They're not good. The second half will be telling. I, I don't think anybody's ever sustained this record being not good. They're minus in run differential. They, they're not good. They'll get down to 86 wins, and they'll become the newest iteration of the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. That that team won eighty three games. Was it eighty three? Eighty three, mm. barely over five hundred. Well, they won four out of seven in the <laughs> NLCS. Yes, they did. Sure did. The Phillies look like a playoff threat. Finally, they got right in the second half of the first half. Um, there is an article that I guess send you after the show today, just for giggles. It's about uh, the person not having any idea how it is Buck Showalter has a job. Okay. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it me? No. You, did no? you write an article that I don't, I don't know, know about and get it published? Was it posted at uh, 2.57 a.m.? <laughs> um, he'll make it, it, it. It's fruitless to fire a guy in the middle of the season. He'll make it the season's end. Yeah, he's fruitless. I so, mean. There you go. And the Nationals just merely exist. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, in the Central, the Reds are fun to watch, I have to admit, and it's really cool to watch Ellie De La Cruz Dale every night. Second, third, and home. What He's the hell awesome. is that? He's awesome. And if we can't win it, and we can't, then I don't want the Brewers to, so go ahead, Cincinnati, do it. He's fun to watch. And the Cubs are whatever they are. Average. The Pirates have oh, had five winning streaks of over four games. And we're playing 410 baseball. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Now, I will tell you, just about every single reliever that helped lead us to that record has been injured. And there's no depth. And the kids we're calling up are getting pasted. Did you see and hear the clip of David Ross yesterday getting run at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, it was funny. Oh, man. That's an all-timer. When he retires and you have your fireside chat in Tallahassee, that's got to be on the docket. 
Like, does he make himself chuckle when he's thinking of ways to get thrown out of the game or what to say after he's thrown out of the game? Did he say, did I catch that part that he said, uh, why aren't you better? Or, uh, or He said, and, we've got one GD game before the All-Star break and you're already this bad? Why? why? I think he said why at why? the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first inning. <laughs> well, the, call he, the call he made was terrible. It was this far. Yeah, I mean. You're about to go on vacation, and yeah. you're gonna be that. You're gonna mail it this, in already. This bad? Why? Why? <laughs> Dodgers and D-backs round out the National League. Look, tied for the division lead, going into the break with the Giants only two and a half games back. Somehow that happened. My dad just living on the high life for every every time I look up at the Giants at the first part of the season, they're like ten games under five hundred. They're awful. They're two and a half games back. They're the Rays of the NL West. The inability of the Padres to get out of their own way remains one of the great joys of baseball. And then there's the Rockies. So you have all of that in the National League. I'll do American League later. But uh, that's kind of fun. It really just boils back down to the National League. The Braves are just ridiculous. They're really. <laughs> At least they proved that when they had to go on a 125 win pace to run us down last year for the division, <laughs> they carried it over. It's sustainable. Yeah, apparently. they carried it over, buddy. Okay, fine. You should also know while you're filling these summer days and getting through and finding ways. Before I break, you should go over to Caesars of Rewards and check out sportsbookcaesars.com. Not that I'm getting paid, but you can. If you go look at those bet slips, it's for every win total of the 2023 season. They're, they're out there. So that keeps being a thing. It's all about you. You can swim in win totals. I'll give you a sample. Give me the win total over under for the New Mexico Lobos. The Lobos? The Lobos, baby, coming out of left field on you. Five and a half. Three and a half, Tom. Oh, they're terrible. over. They're Everett. terrible. All right, let's bring it back to the state. UCF. What's the expectation for UCF first year, Big 12? What's UCF's over-under at Caesars? Nine and a half. Seven. They suck. Oh, Bad really? coach. Forget about it. Seven. Get you some, UCF. Poor Georgia Tech. Oh. <laughs> what do you think? Two and a half. Four and a half. What? They're bullish on Tech. Who is there? I mean, they played Georgia at a conference. Are the other three... Four-person teams? Remember we did this once before? Um, I can't remember what it was. We did. Um, <laughs> we had. Was that the year that BC was playing UMass and they were both so terrible? That wasn't that long ago. That was, I think, two seasons ago. That was a fun All one right. to do. So Georgia Tech plays Georgia. Oh, and Are Ol we doing W's and L's for Georgia Tech? We could. Go ahead. Come on. Pull it up. Pull it up. Last segment. Let's do it. Georgia Tech W's and L's. W W L's. Wins. All right, all right, all right. How you doing? Losses. Damn it. We lost. We fucking super lost, man. Where do we triumph? Where doth thou fall? Season tickets on sale right now oh, for your man. Yellow Jackets, Georgia Tech, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Friday, September the 1st, Louisville, Georgia Tech. Home game, basically, for Georgia Tech at Mercedes-Benz, yep. and it's a loss. 0-1. Damn it, man. 
Okay, okay, let's buckle up here. Week two, South Carolina State, Bobby Dodd Stadium. Oh, the creature comforts. Mm. Win. Win. It's tied in the fourth quarter. One and one. But it's a win. Fine. September the 16th, on the road in the Grove, Oxford, Mississippi, 730 primetime, baby. Ole Miss. Laos. Send the freshman team. (laughs) Don't even bother. Lost one and two. On to uh, Winston-Salem, Snuggy Hill, September the 23rd at Wake. Loss. Loss. One and three. All right, let's come on back home to Bobby Dodd, baby. Let's go. Let's whip up the ponies. Georgia Tech Bowling Green. That's a win. Win. That's uh, another close win. one. Win. I don't Two like, and three for I don't the like Yellow Jackets. How overconfident you are. <laughs> but I'll give them a win. That's a win. Two and three. On the road at the Canes, Miami Gardens. Close game. Miami pulls it out. Two and four. Laos. Laos is right. Back at the Bobby Dodd, baby, in Atlanta. We got Boston College. That's a win. No, That's a third no, win no. for the Yellow Jackets. No. Here we go. Screeching Eagles come GT down. GT gets it done. Three and four. Three and four. Boston College. Okay, well, I've got them three and four right now. You get them two and five, right? Yeah, two wins. All right, Tom, it's time for your annual I Hate Mac Brown. <laughs> Georgia Tech hosting North Carolina. The Tar Heels on the road to Bobby Dodd. Nah, not even Mac Brown could pull off this kind of a disappointment. So it's a loss. I agree. So they're three and five. You got them two and six. It's uh, at Virginia. Here comes Virginia. It's in Charlottesville. Mm. The blinding beauty. They will be blinded by the beauty. That's a coin flip game, baby. The loss. It's a loss. It's a loss. All right. At Clemson loss. Georgia Tech, Syracuse in Atlanta. Late in the year. It's all on the line. Got to have it. That's a win for Georgia Tech. Big win, baby. That gets them to four, right? That's a big win right there. What was the total? Four and a half? I think it's four and a half. And their last game's against Georgia. That's a 100-point loss. Let's play the under right now. (laughs) Little W's and L's. Georgia Tech style. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.